you're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name's Clive and I'm joined by Ricky. How are you tonight, Ricky? Yeah, good evening. I'm doing well. Doing well yourself? I'm alright, yep. Had some technical laptop difficulties throughout the course of the evening, but I'm all up and running now, so I think we're ready and ready to go. Did you get it fixed? Well... It's that defragmentation thing, and apparently it didn't. It defragged zero percent, even though that took nearly an hour. So I don't know what the hell is going on with my laptop at the moment. But the thing's working, so that's all that matters. As long as I can record podcasts, that's the main thing. Indeed, it's all that matters in life, really. It is. All that matters is getting your podcast up. Hashtag first world problems. <laughs> so. I was at the Insane Championship Wrestling pay-per-view, Square Go, it's Sunday there, quite enjoyed myself, and if you don't mind, I just want to tie this in with a couple of things that's happening in real life at the moment. Go ahead. Not real life, in WWE world, right? So, <laughs> basically, I, I enjoyed myself at the show, it was a, basically a pantomime for over 18, so it was a lot of violence and um, good over-the-top action and fun. But there was something that was done throughout the show that I really appreciated. Really simple booking. And there was a stable. Basically that stable is Rudo, Rudo's Sports and Entertainment brand. So this guy Rudo, or he's Red Lightning is his name. But he, he has wrestled in the past, but he's more of a manager now. And people that he has under his employ are a women's title contender in Session Moth Martina. A man's title contender, Bram, I'm sure people will know who Bram is. He was in TNA and he was also controversial headlines over the years as well. And he's also got another guy, Eston Reese. So the women's match, it was Session Moth Martina was the, the um, challenger. And this Eston Reese came in and speared the champ to basically secure the win. So that Red Lightning guy, Rudo, he distracted the ref. Eston Reese came in, speared Casey on behalf of Rudo, Bro- Rudo Brand. Session Moth Martina won the women's title. So that's Rudo Brand. They've got a, a title under their brand now. And then in the men's, so the men's match as well, the exact same thing happened. Rudo came down, distracted the ref. Eston Reese came down and speared the champion BT Gun. And Bram went for the cover. So I thought, that's really simple, just straight to the point. You've got the same thing happening over two different championship matches. This time, BT Gun kicked out, so that was quite good. Uh, it gave a sort of sense of a right exciting near fall. And it was just, I thought, I know it's a simple thing, but it was simple booking, using a stable effectively over the course of a pay-per-view to tell a good story. Um, it gave credibility to that stable as well. 
And I just, what do you think about that? It's as I say, it's a very simple thing, but it was exciting. It was like a story told throughout the night instead of just one. It was like a shared universe type thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think. Obviously, I can't comment on the show and what took place, etc. I can talk about what you've just said in terms of storyline, etc. Because we we've had this conversation before. Where I can't now. I'm pretty certain it was almost it was like away from the podcast that sometimes when you just have a storyline along the lines where you have two men or two women, and it's just a case of I'm better than you, and I'm going to prove it sort of thing so just real simple real basic but you don't need to get too too deep and too complex with the storyline and I think we've said that before that there's just sometimes not enough of that uh-huh. um, sometimes you try to overcomplicate things and, and things just sort of take a weird turn so that whole um, simple booking we say is it's you don't want to see it all the time because sometimes you do like sort of like these different storylines and, and I think you sort of get bored of the whole you have a title, I want it, uh, you're not the best, I'm the best sort of thing. But yes, I think it definitely has its place. Um, and that's what I've got to say on that, to be honest, at the moment. Um, I kind of, I really wish that I had a chance to watch Square Go. Um because from what you were telling me and what I've read and stuff on on Twitter and stuff like that, it sounded like, it sounded like really, really a lot of fun. Ah, it's it's just um, I can set you up with some network links if you want later on at some point. They mm-hmm. were the Riddle brand were involved. The Square Go that's basically ICW's version of the Royal Rumble, and mm-hmm. there was a guy in the Rumble called Ravy Davy who used to go out with Session Moth Martina, but Martina chucked him to basically hook up with Bram. And during the match, when Davey, Ravy Davy came down, Bram and Martina came back out and sat at the literally got out a steel chair and sat at the top of the ramp and just watched Ravy Davy, who got distracted and got thrown over the rope because of that. And he immediately went on a rampage and battered Bram and Martina, setting them up for a future angle. So basically, over the show, one stable had an effect on three main matches of the show. It's making a good use of a stable. Easy, it's easy to make storylines going forward, and it keeps members of the roster relevant, setting up angles all over the place. And it's also shown that with Bram's attempt to win the title, the same as Martina's attempt to successfully win the women's title, mm-hmm. the dirty games don't always win. So they covered all the basics in one night. It's just dead simple, just nice. I've not got much more to add about it, but I did thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, James Storm was there as well he had quite a fun match to start the show with Jack Jester um, James Storm they had tapings on the Monday night uh, he was a number one contender for the title on Monday night, I've not seen it yet so it looks like from James Storm's promo that he's going to be around for quite a while so that'll be quite good to watch him over the coming months if he's going to be there for a while so don't know if I'd sold it well enough, but if there's anyone who's looking for some fun over the top violence and there is some decent wrestling in there, I can assure you, then get yourself involved in ICW. But what I want to ask with that is there's only a couple of examples I can think of in WWE where a stable's been used effectively over different parts of a show. Um, the Balor Club at the moment are 
there's a feud going on, not a feud, but there's programmes going on, Finn and Seth, Finn and Miz, um, the Good Brothers are locking horns with the Revival a couple of times, and the Miztourage, so there's some shared universe stuff going on. But see, apart from that, can you think of anything in the main roster recently where a faction has had an impact over a wide range of the show? I think you obviously would need to go back to the Shield, Aye. but I would, I would, I would, I would also, in fact, no. I think maybe, maybe they didn't have as big an impact as the Shield, and they maybe weren't as dominant. But I certainly enjoy, and I know you like this faction, and I really loved it. Now, their bloody names slipped my mind, but it was um, League of Nations. Yes. Oh, I love the League of Nations. <laughs> and and I, to be honest, and I don't know if it had anything to do with League of Nations, I don't know what it was. But see when when Roman beat Sheamus for a title on the Raw, wasn't it? I think it was New Year's Eve or something like that. It was round about that time, because he obviously lost it. At, um, like and I think he won it. We remember he had the tournament and he beat Dean Ambrose and Sheamus cashed in. Yeah, so that was around about November time. Yeah. So the crowd popped so much when when Roman won that, and that was that was a big shock at the time for me. And I don't know if I had anything to do with the fact that maybe people just didn't take the Sheamus and were fed up with him or whatever. But that I would say I I really enjoyed their work, the four of them. Uh huh. Obviously, right now it's to a lesser extent in the Baller Club because at the same time they're not they've now lost a couple of matches I think now to the Revival um, oh. and that's fine I don't I don't mind that too much because you know I think you need to treat the Revival like the, the superstars that they are um, I don't the mind. Miz to rise to a lesser extent I suppose I think that group is just all about the Miz really uh-huh. as opposed to the Shield even though everyone probably <laughs> felt that Roman Reigns was going to be the one to get the push, but not at the start. Um, I think people maybe started to get that feeling towards the end of it. But it has been a while since you've had that sort of dominant, real dominant faction. I think as as much as we sort of loved the League of Nations, you would definitely need to go back to the Shield time um, to find that kind of faction. And I would I, like, or maybe even the, the Wyatt family as well. But they weren't dominant in the sense that. <clears throat> they weren't exactly winning laws of titles etc at the time uh-huh. and I think that's what I would like to see if we were going to do some sort of faction um, if you were going to say if give Finn maybe the IC title or, or the uh, universe title and Gallows and Anderson would need to win the tag titles or something you know just to I don't want to say, I hate using the word to to um, uh, to validate them but it would just give it would just give that that little bit of I suppose validation is the right word in this point, uh, moment, uh, point this time, but like I say, you would need to go back to Shield, and even before the Shield, I can't remember the exact. I can't remember the last time we had some sort of faction that sort of dominated the show. Right. I mean, you could argue there's that ongoing debate about whether wins or losses matter, but see, with regards to stables, they make an impact when they win regularly and when they win titles as well. So you've got, yeah. like, see the Undisputed Era on NXT. I'm still not sold on Adam Cole. He's all right. I prefer Riley, um, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. I do prefer them. I prefer their style. 
uh, and they are the current tag champs at the moment on NXT. And what they did, it was the Brooklyn takeover, Brooklyn Three, I think, when they interfered in separate matches. That was like that was good stuff, exciting telly, as it were. Um, it's tapered off a wee bit. Adam Cole's still in the limelight, and he's in regular programs. But they're not. Adam Cole's losing quite a lot of matches as well. He's losing in tournaments. He's losing at pay-per-views. So he's not having as much of an impact as the other two guys are. But as you say, with the Shield tag titles, US title, like they held them all at what same point at one time, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So I just think like. I like what they're doing with the Baller Club at the moment, giving Gallows and Anderson a bit more of a like a place in the, the roster, because before that they were just doing that Good Brother stuff and they were going nowhere with it. And I've got no issues with the Revival losing to Gallows and Anderson. Maybe I've got some issues, but I've got more of an issue with Revival losing to getting dropped out to um, DX that time, but that's just, that was another story. But I just think they could I think it's time to bring back a stable again, like a good three or four out team, three or four man outfit, or fling a couple of women in there and a tag team and stuff like that, and give it a good go. I think see when it comes to stables, when you've got three hours of TV or two to fill every week, then you've got segments that write themselves for a good couple of months there. You've got two or three. I mean, say you've got four or five. Um, stable members, they'll all be feuding with four or five other guys like the heels or the faces on the brand as well, so it's getting a lot of people used, so I'm going to I'm, since uh, apparently Triple H is getting more power I'm going to text or tweet Triple H and say, right, get a get a faction on the go you, You're going you're gonna to text them, aye? Aye, I'll, I'll WhatsApp them <laughs> uh, And, and and that you know that you mentioned Triple H having more power and it's obviously in reference to the uh, 205 live um, I, I think that's probably just you saw what he's done with NXT um, and I think I, I he's not going to have as much success with 205 as to, with NXT because in NXT it's, I don't think I think he literally just does what he wants so I think even though Vince is taking a sort of backseat on it, ultimately he's still got to like, run it past him, if you know what I mean. So Aye, just like everything I don't, else. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I, I think I think what you've saw in the last sort of two or three weeks, even before this news broke, you mentioned it yourself that it sort of went back to the way it was. Um, certainly in the Cruiserweight um, Classics. So, and I think his fingerprints are start are, are emerging on that product already and I think it is a good thing because at the end of the day like I've, we said it before like when Vince is juggling Raw Smackdown 205 Live and now the XFL he's got to give something up and we knew he was going to give parts of um, control up in the wrestling and this is just a start with 205 I think it's only a good thing to be honest um, Triple H has shown like I says with NXT that he knows you know, obviously knows the business he knows how to put a good product on new matches etc so for everyone that likes 205 Live and to be honest for everyone that doesn't or you're not a fan you don't watch it that much and that's like myself I don't watch it that very that often it's something like this could bring uh, new fans into it um, so like I say it's nothing but positive in my mind when it comes to uh, if it's true that he is getting more power <coughs> well if he's getting more power 
on Raw and SmackDown as well. If there's no, there's um, reports coming out that Vince, with his XFL 2020 vision, that he's actually is looking to hand over more power to Triple H. Is that actually going to be a good thing? Because he's going to be spread thin. Mm-hmm. If he's got NXT tapings to deal with, I mean, NXT is his baby. But oh, in fact, they'd, apparently the. And they've brought in Jeremy Borash to help with that as well, have they not? Yeah, and that's maybe maybe in part realising that he can't do it all on his own. So Jeremy Borash is coming in and you might get William Regal maybe take doing more. Um, so I understand it. I get what you're saying. That he, he literally, he's already got a lot on his plate at the moment and, he's, and they've added to it, but what what you've seen of him so far and what he's done, you know, like I say, it's only positive. I don't think Vince will be giving up control of Raw anytime soon, obviously, because that is quote unquote the flagship <laughs> show. But I think, uh, like I said, I think it is really really positive. Um, uh, and like I said, you're definitely going to bring new new faces, new fans to the product as well. Um, and. Obviously, the report was that Vince saw it as a as a character-driven show. That's why they sort of gave the title to Enzo. But I think Triple H is more see more so looking at it the way he did with the Cruiserweight Classic, and in a way that he looks at NXT as well. That he just wants to focus on the actual wrestling. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rance from the SMC podcast, shout out to those guys and Rance. They brought up that Vince was probably probably still in charge when. Neville was running roughshod over the company, the mm-hmm. two hundred five guys, and that was some of the like my favourite moments of the wrestling at that, those weeks was two hundred five live. So it's not as if Vince has constantly been doing a bad job with it, but since Endo came in, it just went to shit basically. No, and that's it. Like I think we all sort of give Vince a bad, like we give him a bad rap and stuff like that. But when when things do go quite well, you don't, he doesn't seem to get this sort of praise. So I get that from that point of view as well, but I think unless maybe he started to shift once <coughs> once either Neville was gone or towards the end of his time, maybe Vince started to shift his focus like in his his viewpoint view of what that show should be. Um don't know, maybe it did start off with you know, we'll just focus on the wrestling, etc. and just give you guys a chance and then over time he's probably just changing his mind, I don't know. But like he says when when Neville was was at the top of that division it was it was very entertaining see another thing that I've got an issue with and I don't know if I'm just not thinking clearly but Triple H right what he's doing at NXT is good he's all about developing the younger um, men and women and getting them up into the main roster but see with regards to him on the main roster I know it's all I know it's a character it's not Paul Levesque it's Triple H how can he be a guy who's pro, like pro youth, pro new wrestlers when he's involved in stuff like what happened at Survivor Series where he just squashes everyone and tries to get Braun Strowman over by the shite that he pulled at the Survivor Series? He's been doing that for the last few years constantly and it didn't work with Roman Reigns. It worked to a certain extent with Seth Rollins. Um, but the jury's out on if, and if from a storyline perspective, that redemption that Seth got over Triple H at WrestleMania meant anything. So, can 
Surely Triple H will, must have a word in Vince's ear when he's doing these things saying, right, Triple H, I want you to um, cause some havoc in the Survivor Series match. Surely Triple H will say, no, actually, maybe we should get the younger guys to win this. I know, but at the end of the day, if, I, I think personally, I think I don't think it is Triple H saying, I need to do this because, like he says, he's so different from what he is on Raw to what you see on NXT. I think it's probably more so Vince is wanting it and at the end of the day it's Vince is a boss you can fight and argue all you want but if the boss says something you've got to do it so I, I understand what you're saying in terms of Seth did he get the redemption well, obviously first and foremost he got the win we never saw Triple H and Seth for a long long time after that it was more so what then took place after that with Seth mhm because nothing took place, really. Um, so once he got that, it, it was a big one. It was a, if I really, really enjoyed that match, it should have been treated like a real massive, massive moment for him, and it should have pushed right ahead. But let's like say he went like four, five months of doing absolutely nothing until we sort of got that. Uh, until we got back with Ambrose. So again, it just comes back to sort of booking and what they're doing with the guys. I know. But I think, at the end of the day, like I think you know, we've had issues with Triple H because remember when Roman Reigns like literally broke him in half on a Raw. It was where he was throwing him all over the place, putting him through a table, and then remember when Roman walked away and Triple H started getting up and Roman ran literally from halfway down the ramp oh, and, uh, yeah. and hit, around the ring and hit him with a spear. I think and, it like, was Triple H was it, he, uh, sorry, what it was. And he was at uh, NXT like a few days later over in London, and it's like, right, well, you're not exactly selling his injury sort of thing. So, I think he probably sees it as like something two different things altogether, and it, it we don't ever intertwine with one another. So he can be two different, completely people, two different characters if he wants. Uh huh. Well, he's rumored to be teaming up alongside his wife Stephanie. Against Ronda Rousey and a partner who's yet to be determined. Who would you have in there as his partner? As Ronda's partner, sorry. I think you could go a couple of ways, really. Um, Storyline-wise, it would make sense um, if it was a rock. If it somehow managed that because of the, the interaction had a couple of years ago. Storyline-wise, it would also make sense if it was Kurt Angle. Storyline wise, it would also make sense if it was brought if it was Braun, and in a way mm-hmm. as well. Storyline wise, it would still make sense if it was Seth as well. Mm-hmm. If you're asking me who I would have, um, I suppose seeing the Rock back would be kind of cool as well. Just but, but I would rather something that wasn't over and done with like within a couple of minutes because I feel like that's what you would get if it was a rock because of like all the, the insurance etc they need to pay out for uh, for TV companies and uh, the films etc just to cover them and you would feel like it would be almost a quick match um, so for the sake of actually getting a decent match I hate to say it like you would say maybe somebody like cut I wouldn't put Braun in that spot and I wouldn't put Seth in that spot and I'm only putting cut in that spot because I don't want to put and again, no disrespect and offence to Kurt Angle, I would, don't want to put more important people in that spot where I just see it as a as a spot to to put the spotlight on Ronda 
And I suppose it's not a bad spot to be in because she'll bring so many more eyes, etc. And people will be watching that. But that match is just all about showcasing Ronda to the wrestling uh, fans. Do you know, I would have Braun in there and I would actually have him as my first pick, to be honest with you. And I'll tell you why. It's not looking like he's going to be in a title match or at least the world t- the universal title match. Well, I mean, Dave Meltzer reported that he's going to be in the, uh, the IC title match with Miz. So, was it Meltzer or was it, it Meltzer? No, I'm sure. I'm sure it was, it was either Meltzer or it was someone else from the Observer. But I'm almost certain it was Dave Meltzer. I think it would make more sense at this point to have either Finn or Seth in there. But see, with Braun, I'm trying my best. You know, I've struggled with Rousey coming into WWE. Uh, and I'm trying to find the positives from a personal standpoint and I would say see if you stick Braun in there they've always got to have their their commercial match one that's going to bring new eyes or casual viewers in to watch so a lot of people will want to see Ronda Rousey uh, Some for some it might even be the first time they've watched WWE and then they'll see who the hell's that guy that's 6'9 and 380 odd pounds built like a brick shit house destroying everyone in his path, flinging Triple H through commentary tables. I think that would be an excellent spot to put him in. I don't want him anywhere near the Under the Giant Memorial again. I know they might be putting more of a focus on that this year because they've got the Under the Giant documentary coming out the week after Mania. But I think that's a perfect place to put Braun in. I mean, who else is, is over as him at the moment? I mean, I would put him in... I know you want Seth or Finn, but I think Braun needs some sort of title because he need. For me, like we said, for a long time ago, he should have been given the Universal title. But for me, he needs some sort of title because he's not going to be in the main event scene, uh, like in the title picture post Mania. He's just not. That's going to be Roman spot, and, he'll, and they're not going to go back to Roman and Braun at the moment. <sighs> It's difficult. I think he needs a title, though. I think you need to give him that because I think if you keep doing what you're doing, people are eventually going to start losing interest in him. And and he's arguably the hottest guy in the company right now, the most over. Um, and I think what people need to do, and I think people really need to start questioning: Is he the guy in that company now? Um, mm. I. It's difficult to say yes, and it's also difficult to say no to it. I felt I felt like you should have given him a title run by now, because I think you would have then saw whether or not people would lose interest or not. Are people just happy to see him because he's a uh, wrecking ball? Are people just happy to see him because you know he's not going to win the title, but he's still going to be quite entertaining? So would that have changed when he got the title? Would people have no longer cared? Would people no longer would people maybe start picking up on his lack of wrestling ability, etc. But like I said I, th- I think he needs a title, and I think I can't think of a more popular guy really in the last six or seven months, mm-hmm. and that includes anybody on SmackDown as well, including AJ. Yeah. Well. This isn't much of a theory, it's just an observation. You're asking if Braun's the guy. I wonder if they're testing the waters with regards to him being your top babyface for the company. Because 
No matter what happens, people are going to boo Roman Reigns regardless. Braun does not get booed by anyone, as far as I can tell. The last few months, um, you've seen him take pictures where he's sort of flexing his flexing his seps, his big, massive ham hock arms uh, with pictures with a lot of wee girls and stuff posing for the cameras. Um, he's had some light-hearted moments with Alexa Bliss in the Mixed Match Challenge when they were flirting with each other. And this week you had him singing with a goddamn cello, no less, uh, for some more sort of comedy stuff. So I'm wondering if they're gearing Braun up to be not just a powerhouse, but like a bit daft saying this maybe because of how he is as a character this, as you say a wrecking ball but could he be the next John Cena the, the actual John Cena that they wanted from Roman Reigns um, not sure I'm, I'm really not sure I think I'm I think so. I think you might have a point. But will people get bored or will people start to get turned off by the sort of like um, funny antics or the silly antics? Because I think a lot of people still want him just to see see him as this big monster that just goes around killing, destroying everyone. I mean, he just seems to turn everything from chicken shit into chicken salad at the moment, though. It, it does and that's why I keep harking back to the point I think he needed that title he needed that universal title like for me where does he go now like like literally if you, I think if you look at it right the IC title is the only route you could see him in right but if they don't like I say it's because he's not going to be in a universal title picture because Ro- that's Roman and Roman will be dealing with quote unquote heels and I just don't think they can put them back in together because the booze will be deafening even more so and the cheers will be even more for Braun than they were last time. So they've really put themselves in a real awkward position because at the end of the day, people will automatically turn off from them if they just see them as this sort of gimmick or if they see them as someone who isn't going to get pushed. The same thing happened with Bray. They didn't push Bray when he should have pushed him, and then when they did start to push him, people were like, "This is a year or so too late." And yeah, it's great, but we just don't seem to care. And then they pushed and him that, so that Randy Orton could get the title off him. See, and that's what you worry about. Like, I would like him to get a title. I don't want, and I don't want him to title, just have a title for like a month or so. I want like a long, sustained run. I see, <sighs> and it well, but, it could be a sustained run, but you run the problem. The question is. Who can really beat Braun Strowman? I know you've got Brock Lesnar and there's shenanigans and stuff, but if he's a babyface um, and he's won the champ, is there going to be anyone that can actually topple him? It would need to t- probably take place with some sort of outside interference or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, like, the only one, one you could say would be Roman, who would win it clean, etc., but... Other than that, I can't really think. Um, <laughs> like I said, it would need to be some sort of heel that wins it by doing, sort of, as you say, some sort of shenanigans uh, or just outside interference. And, and that, to me, at the time, you could look at someone like 
whether it be Seth or something like that, and then you could that would be a chance to bring the shield back together, or whether it's going to be say Finn and he gets help from Gallows and Anderson, and you would turn them in the process or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't want to say it's critical. I don't want to say I suppose in a way they are at a crossroads with Braun because I think you need to make your mind up not so much what he's going to be face or heel it's where you want him and where you think he can go because like I say you're, you're real danger of repeating the Bray Wyatt scenario all over again and if you want repeating the Dolph Ziggler scenario all over again as well oh we'll, we'll touch on him later on I just think it just seems to me like they're testing the waters for him being your your super baby face at the moment. But isn't isn't that what Roman's supposed to be for them? I understand he's getting booed, etc. And, and like I would, you I, to me, I just feel like Vince would hesitate to pull that trigger with Braun, knowing that he couldn't do it with Roman, and I think it would sort of, you know, it would, it would irritate him. If Braun was coronated, sort of like the number one babyface of the company, but he couldn't get Roman there. I don't know. It's hard to tell what they're going to do because it is as if they're gearing him up. Just from a wee observation, that they're just seeing what it's like if he's going to be the next John Cena. And um, and what I will say before, even if we're going to move on, but I know a lot of people have been saying that. Look at that! They've got him playing instruments. They've got him dancing. They've got him doing this and that. <clears throat> uh, I can't remember the exact quote but did Kurt Angle not say in a podcast or an interview it was like just don't be afraid to do anything really like the guy this guy stuck on like a stupid miniature cowboy hat <laughs> and was this goofy guy and was still over maybe that had more so to do with what he'd done beforehand and how good he was in the ring and stuff like that but at the end of the day like I'm alright with him goofing around just now as long as you still get that brutal side to him and you do and how they book the Elimination Chamber and and what they do with him it will be interesting I have a feeling that they're going to that will be the start of the feud with the Miz and I've got a feeling it could be like the Miz could put him out but there's some sort of help somehow I don't know how but that will be interesting to me because I don't see him winning it he's definitely not going to win the Elimination Chamber you know, there's something inside me that's thinking there's there's too many people vying for that intercontinental title soon, and I think that might actually be the unlucky one that gets the, the ladder match at Mania. We've seen that though. Like we've not had a ladder match at Mania though. Did we didn't have one last year? Did we? I know, but it's kind of run its course, is it not? Especially I think for the I think title. you might get a fatal four way for it. Miz, Seth, Dean, Seth, um, Finn, and Braun. Maybe. I don't know. I kind of... I don't want to see ladder matches at Mania anymore. There's too much. Uh, like, I kind of liked it when they had the... They done the money in the bank, didn't they, at Mania? A few times. Uh-huh. And I quite like that, but... That, it's almost seemed like... It's just, it just seems a reason just to put people on the card for no reason whatsoever, just to stack the card and get everyone on it. I'm not really a fan of that. No. I get had Barry on before and other people as well saying they don't want to see 
Jason Jordan versus Seth Rollins. We might not get that anymore, obviously. Mm. But I think that's one of the things that's caused the WrestleManias over the last couple of years to sort of collapse under themselves. It's because they're trying to have too many main event caliber matches on. Look at the your two of the best ones you had. You had WrestleMania 17, uh, three, 17, 18 and 19, right? That was a trifecta of like, amazing WrestleManias. You had top-notch mid-card matches littered throughout there. You had Christian... Oh, that was 20. I'm getting mixed up with my years now. Christian Jericho had a really good mid-card match at Mania. Jericho and... Shawn Michaels. Edge and Booker T. There's a few others as well. There's just... There's there's room to have sort of quiet mid-card matches instead of just having Goldberg, Brock Lesnar... What was it? Roman Reigns, Undertaker, just massive matches all over the place. If they've got a better balance, they might actually have more chance of having a successfully critiqued WrestleMania. I think that's where your chain of thought and your mentality when it comes to WrestleMania is wrong, and so is mine, etc. Because we're expecting that, but they don't see it like that. They see it as this, just this big, grand theatre, like a big grand show so they're going to put in all these big time matches um, like you say, it can be sort of overkill but that's just the way they do it now, like, I mean, it's, it's like eight hours long and it's just a lot of it's just completely unnecessary I see, they've, see as well there's rumours that Backlash is going to be a dual branded pay-per-view and it's going to be five hours long. Yep. Again, that's just rumour. And I think it was uh, was it the Observer. I think it was Mel- it was Melts that came out and said that dual pay per views. Um, like, I think the argument for and against them, like against it, where you had the sort of pay per view every sort of like you had two a month basically. At least everyone on on the brand was getting on the pay per view, and and you got to play out these storylines. Because let's be honest, if we're still doing these dual branch pay-per-views or um, it wasn't a sp- um, split roster, The Miz probably won't be where he is now without that initial run on SmackDown. So, Correct. I think they had their benefits. Like I know it was, it was, it was like overkill. Every other weekend we were having to watch, not having to, because we've got a choice, we are watching these pay-per-views. So, in that sense, you saw like they were actually getting storylines and guys who were on appearing on the cards who norm might not, and they were getting that a little bit longer as well. Some of them. So now, with a duel, a man who thought was like a lot of people are going to miss out. So, what they might now just do ha- might do is sort of have these somewhat mini pay per views every so often on on SmackDown where people can go on the show. But now that's five hours long. The Every pay per view now is going to be basically treated like a SummerSlam or a uh, Royal Rumble, and it's just that's way too much. Like, not... <laughs> way, way too much. How how can how can you make a statement a couple of weeks ago saying a three-hour NFL game is too long because people sort of lose focus and they can't focus for that long, etc. So that's why your XFL games are only going to be like two hours long, right? How can you then do that? Then two weeks, two three weeks later, say right. 
the solution to our problem is to have a five hour pay per view every month bingo uh, that is just flat out ridiculous because you're just asking for people to not just sit, not only not sit through it but when you do have a chance to watch it just sort of skip and miss matches and not pay much attention to it I can tell you right now five hours for me is just going to be far too much I like it's not bad enough doing it for a Royal Rumble Summer Summer WrestleMania because I enjoy them. But it's one of those ones where, especially for us over here, you don't want to be taking, like, you're going to be up to like five in the morning on a Sunday and then potentially going to work the next day or having to take days off, etc., just to stay, and, stay up and watch it. So. It's a lot I harder just, for UK folk because. And, and I'm sorry, for a cut, sorry to cut you off. That's a five hour. Uh, pay per view, right? I know that's, that's half. What, that's some of that's pre show as well, mind you, but still. Is it though? One hour pre show, four hour main card. Even four hours. That's a, it's too long. Like three hours is. For a, I understand three hours for Raw is too long, but three hours for a pay per view is perfect. It is. Two, two and a half to three hours is just absolutely perfect. I mean, see, think about it, right? See if you are a diehard WWE fan. And you've got you've got a w- one week out of the month where you're going to have. If you watch the pre-show, you've got five hours on a Sunday night, three hours on a Monday, two hours on a Tuesday, well three and a bit if you're counting two or five live and Facebook. The if they do more Facebook live experiments, and then you've got NXT. How are you going? I mean, how are you going to catch up with that? Oh, see, I feel sorry for the poor podcasters out there who cover every inch of the product they're not going to have time to cover it all that's just, it's overkill to the point where it's just you actually have to pick choose and pick sides and think right I'll just watch that instead far too much and I just don't I just don't understand the thinking behind it I really don't and what you're probably going to get is some of these pay-per-views are going to have these stupid, meaningless, pointless segments, and it's like, well, do we need that? Like, you could have just given this extra match, one this extra match, a few more minutes. Me, personally, I don't know if I would just still be happy with the format they've got now, because I understand that's still overkill, but I've, at least it's, it's only two and a half to three hours long, and at least you get to get proper long matches and everyone's on the card. Like, come on, like, you go to these dual pay-per-views, like, what about, and I understand they've not really done too much recently, but what about people like Breeze Angle? What about people like, um, and I'm not a fan, but what about the likes of uh, Dolph Ziggler or Baron Corbin or if you move over to Raw? Finn barely uh, isn't really booked the way he should be booked, obviously. What's going to happen with someone like him? What's going to happen with like the likes of the revival if they're not on the if they're not on the title picture, etc. I just don't I just don't see how they're going to fit all these people onto the show. And in part, like it just because you've got a pay per view, it shouldn't be a god given right that you should be on it. You've got to earn it. But that was the beauty, I suppose, of these two separate pay per views that you had that you knew that at least they would build these guys up a little bit into somewhat of a meaningless storyline and you would at least get some sort of payoff. A lot of people are going to get lost in the shuffle now again. A lot. 
Uh-huh. And if they're going to have these four-hour ones, are they going to rely because they don't have faith in some of the lower mid-card, lower to lower mid-card um, acts? Are they going to rely more again on part-timers? Mm-hmm. I kind of hope they go away from that because you don't know what's going to happen with the Brock situation, but seeing as obviously part-time... Uh, I, I suppose the good thing is it's not going to start straight away the, the dual brand pay per view. I think is it like May, June? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's quite soon after Mania, right enough. Backlash is typically May time, end of April, start of May. Usually when it was on years ago. But I mean, is that not just after WrestleMania, which is half a like that's a working shift long? Yeah. And they're doing a four-hour one right after it. It's it's just a real bad decision. Like I just don't see many benefits, if any, coming out of this. No. Like, it baffles me. Like I say, and I mean, I just say that how you make one statement and a couple of weeks later you just do the complete opposite. See, Obviously, I, you're talking about two different companies, but the the, the concept of the, the basis of your argument is the same. People don't have that much nowadays. Don't have that sort of. Um, attention span that they're going to sit and watch something for hours and hours like you're going to increase the pay-per-view uh, time see the first couple of ones they do if it's going to be a regular feature there's going to be they'll be top heavy so you're going to have two world title matches two mid-card title matches so it's going to have big names in them but see your lesser acts like they're going to get lost Titus worldwide are going to disappear off the face of the earth if something like this goes on Look, as you said, you're going to have your two world title matches, you're going to have your, your IC and your US title match, you're going to have your two tag title match, and you're going to have your two women title matches. That's eight matches right there. I know. And then they're trying to revive 205 Live. So that's nine. Um, whether it's on the pre-show or not, but nine matches. And your Ronda Rousey match, which they'll have to have all and, the time. <laughs> And I, I'm guarantee obviously some of those matches will be on the pre-show but if, ever, if the pre-show is an hour long you'll probably have two title matches there and then how are you going to fit in some of these other acts as well it's it's, it's a crazy crazy decision I don't even know what to say so we just, <laughs> will we move on mm-hmm. right you wanted to talk about Cena's promo on Monday Night and Raw. Now, I didn't actually catch this promo because, as we've discussed before, don't know what's wrong with his head at the moment. He's trying to break the fourth wall too often. Um, he's got one one foot in WWE, one other foot, and both arms and both heads and back and arse all in Hollywood in terms of his mindset. Mm-hmm. So I'd I've just not, I can't really be bothered with his work at the moment, but you were wanting to talk about this, so close yours. Like, I don't know, maybe we're reading too much into it, maybe there's nothing, maybe it's just seen a trolling, maybe it's just, you know, maybe there is an actual seed being planted, but the actual line from Cena was, when he was rambling on and talking about Wrestlemania, Wrestlemania can bring a legend back from the dead. Ah, right. So, Obviously, it's a reference to Undertaker, but whether it's a reference to Undertaker with the intention of doing the match, or whether it's just Cena just trolling, because 
he's, he's obviously, he does this kind of stuff all the time. On Raw, once I remember, he was talking and talking about, I think it was post-Raw, uh, post-Mania Raw, he was saying, oh, you do all these dance moves, etc., and you do all this, like, I can do stuff, and they were booing him, and then he turned around and goes, oh, I've got one, and then the camera panted his foot and goes, how about a little heel turn? <sighs> and, and it was kind of funny, everyone loved it, and everyone laughed and all that nonsense, right, but... He could just be trolling us. I don't know, but let's just let's just go on assumption and let's just say he isn't. And that's what they're gonna do. Five years too late. But I will be watching it. I can guarantee you that much. I don't think it'll be a good match. Uh, no. Taker's not Taker's not had a good match since CM Punk, I don't think. And in fact, no, he probably had a Brock Lesnar matches were, were fine. Aye, the Brock Lesnar matches in the summer were excellent. Aye, um, but Cena, like you say, he's just ever since that Roman Reigns match, I felt there's something really awful. Cena, I don't understand what he's doing. I just, I, I don't want to see he's been sloppier. I just think he's just. I genuinely don't know what he's thinking. Um, but if this match does go ahead, it's literally going to, it's going to be a train wreck. It will be. Um, I don't know how they can salvage it, to be honest with you. No, I can. And I'm kind of looking forward, to be honest. I'm looking forward to the build of it. Um, I don't know if that's more so because, as you know, Undertaker is my, is my all-time favourite. And maybe, maybe I'm just happy to see him back or whatever. And I'm, I always like seeing him even though I hate his matches, etc. And I think he should retire. But I still get a buzz when I see him. So, if this does lead to the match at Mania, then I, I genuinely don't know what to think because I, have, I would have no expectations of having a good match. No. I'm just more intrigued to see how they, how they build up. And it doesn't help that he left his Raw 25 promo very ambiguous. And that's the thing, like people say, is that what did it mean? Exactly, what the fuck did it mean? It sounded like he retired, but then it didn't. Like when he he said the line that, like, when he was naming all these people and he goes, they can all rest in peace now or whatever he says, and it's like, right. Does that mean he's finished or he's on one last rampage? Well, you can't exactly rest in peace if he's on one last rampage. Exactly, so what do they mean? They're just. The, and and they came down without his gloves and stuff on. It's like right. Well, they caught fire at the end of Mania. <laughs> <laughs> the ring was ablaze. So it's just, ah, yes, right. <clears throat> it's just it was just weird, but I got a feeling that this match is going to happen. Um. So yeah, like I say, I'm just I'm intrigued by the build. I'm intrigued to see how they go about building it for the match itself. I don't care. I'm even at that point where I don't even care who wins because I genuinely don't expect a good match. So what are you watching for? Because it's Undertaker. Ah, he's going. Like I, I understand he's not the Undertaker, and what I'm watching isn't very good. But people can say what they want. I might be one of these people that sit and complain about it and then still watch it. But I won't watch something that I, that I that I don't want to watch. If you know what I mean, 
There's matches on every pay-per-view that I've got no interest in, and I'll be like, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. don't care, and I won't. This one, I'm, I'm interested in build. I don't think it will be a good match, but I will watch it because it's The Undertaker. Cena hasn't had a good match in over a year. And I, I understand that Taker hasn't had a good match in years, but for me, it's it's The Undertaker. That's the only reason why I watch it. I understand he's old and he can't do the stuff he's what he's done before, and it pains me to watch it. And like I say, when he quote-unquote retired or whatever he done last year, I had this massive lump in my throat, and I struggled to go to sleep after it because I kept thinking about it. <laughs> and I had to, and I woke up for work two hours later. Um, but it's because it's the Undertaker. He's my all-time favourite. I, I, I watch. I just go in and it's just going to be one of those ones. You're like, just let's just finish this match quickly. Like it's just it will not be good to watch. But I'm going to like, and that people might say, "Oh, you're the worst kind. You're the worst kind of wrestling fan." You like, there's a bad, uh, there's a bad match, bad promo, bad uh, feud going on. But you're still going to watch it instead of like turning off and forcing them to do something else so that's fine I can, I can accept that I'll watch what I feel like watching and I'll and if I've got no interest in something I won't watch something I'm not going to I'm not the kind of person that's going to be like oh this is a person we should be watching or we should be we shouldn't be seeing these matches we shouldn't like this kind of match etc I'll watch what I feel like watching and for me it just comes down to the fact that it's The Undertaker do you want to and see for me I've got a, I've just like I say he's my all, he's my all time favourite Right. Is Kurt Angle up there in your favourites? Mm-hmm. Do you want to see him wrestle again? Realistically? Depends who he's wrestling. Oh, that, you saw what he was like in Survivor Series. I saw what he was like. But I have more of a soft spot, I suppose, for Undertaker than I do for Kurt Angle. I think maybe with Kurt Angle, it's his problems lie in his neck whereas with The Undertaker I mean it's just it's, uh, it's, his, uh, his, mobility. it's his hips so there's mm-hmm. not there's not a, an immediate danger of him having like an, a, me, a medical emergency in the middle of the ring whereas with Kurt I mean you're frightened just the way he moves you're thinking see if he takes one more German suplex and he can't get back up again that's him done mm-hmm. yep I don't know, the, the rumours have just went a bit quiet with the Cena Undertaker. Maybe that's the intention. Like, I really hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> but you'll watch you it if I mean? it does? I will watch it because it's the Undertaker. And that's what I mean, it's like, I will watch it because it's the Undertaker. But I hope it doesn't happen because I know what's going to take place and I'm just going to be like, you should have retired a long time ago. It's like, it will be painful to watch because of how great he was. But I will watch it because it's the Undertaker. I mean, it's it's that whole that you just watch it and sort of hope more than anything. Like, do you know what? You you just never know. You might end up pulling out one final really decent match. You just never know, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes I've always I've felt now for a long time. I've said it to you so many times. You need someone light, and you need someone who's going to fly around the ring for him. Someone like Seth Rollins. Someone like Finn. AJ. Sammy KO to it as well like someone who's literally going to fly around you can't put him in with these sort of power power guys mm-hmm. and that's where it went wrong with Roman and and that's like Roman's only bad match in a hell of a long time so well, Cena maybe I, I, I put fully 
fully blame Cena for that, and I, I was on record saying it. That first 15 minutes made no sense. The last 10, it sort of picked up. But I don't know what Cena was doing at that point. Um, it, was, it was too strange for me. But like I say, we call it to take a watch, but I, I really hope Cena's just trolling everyone and that match doesn't happen because it will be painful to watch. Fuck John Cena. Fuck, fuck John Cena indeed. <laughs> Speaking of people that we don't like. <laughs> Speaking of fucking. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> uh, have you heard the rumour that Dolph Ziggler is scheduled to face Shane McMahon at WrestleMania? I'll take that with a pinch of salt. Can you, I'll take that with a pinch of salt. Can you explain? You've got a few things to say about Dolph Ziggler, haven't you? I like Dolph. So do you. get that. I like Dolph. There's a... A lot of people don't. For whatever reason, don't care. Don't care. I don't care why you don't like him. I, I like watching him. I think he's still good in the ring. I still like him. They fucked up when they never when they never sent him to the moon in 2012-2013. He was unbelievably over. His cash-in can be argued was the greatest ever. Now, I think Seth's was, right? But it, that pop he got when he came down to cash-in on Del Rio and the pop he got when he won it was unbelievable. But he suffered a concussion a few weeks later. He lost the title and had never really recovered from that. So, and, and, and I suppose the WWE looking at it was, well, when we gave you the chance, look what happened. But that can happen to anyone. At that point, they should have pushed him, let's say, to the fucking moon. <laughs> but now, I, just, I don't understand it whatsoever. Like, let, let me... Let me put it like this, right? Guy wins a title, comes in the next day to work, says he doesn't want to work here anymore, doesn't want the title, drops the title, walks away. Comes back a month later to go into number 30 of the Royal Rumble, doesn't win the Rumble, which made no sense why we were in the Rumble in the first place then, to then come back to be put in a one-on-one number one contender match to get a title shot against AJ Styles. So if you walk into work tomorrow and say you're not doing your job anymore and walk out and then a month later you get elevated how does that work like where the <laughs> fuck is the continuity in the storyline <laughs> this guy walked out walked out of your fucking company because he didn't want to work here anymore you brought him back and says oh I will put you at number 30 and then you gave him a fucking a title shot like you've not even, not even he's just completely disregarded the US title you've not he's come back and there's been no disciplinary like what the f- how does that make sense? Like, seriously, like, just... I understand, oh, people overthink wrestling, body, blah, blah, blah. Right, but you can't overthink that. Like, come on, guy walks out and now all of a sudden he's he's he's, he's, he's been given a title shot. <laughs> it is. How, like, how the... Like, how, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry I keep cutting you off, but how the fuck does that make sense? Where the fuck is your continuity and where where is your real-life, life-like storyline... Like seriously, like that makes no sense. Just like how at the Royal Rumble, uh, Sammy didn't tag in KO, but yet AJ got the win by pinning KO. But the match wasn't restarted, even though a few weeks back the match was restarted because something similar happened with the Usos. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Who the fuck writes this shit? The Dolph Ziggler thing is one of the worst examples of continuity in a long time. You've just 
you've summed it up perfectly with the whole if you walked out in your job thing. It's utter nonsense. Fair enough, right, this sweetheart deal that you might have got, but see from a programming standpoint, it's dreadful. You've got... We've talked in the past that we enjoy multi-man matches. They seem to book them very well. Uh, Organised chaos, but from a story point, oh, it's terrible. I just don't get it at all. You've talked about the Usos. You've talked about, we've also mentioned before, like... Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn see retrospectively they've not been booked well at all in this whole thing since Hell in a Cell it's been a mess and it's a real shame and I think Kevin Owens is cursed on Smackdown I think his stock has fallen way low you just sort of get the impression that we don't understand what kind of how big a star they've got in their hand with those two guys They've ruined, they've ruined so many people. I mean, Dolph Ziggler was at the top, like, the Dolph Ziggler Miz programme at the end of 2016. Oh, for fuck, that was, uh, that was, that was unbelievable. Because see when that match took place, where it was, um, if Dolph loses, that's him done. And they win it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was like, oh, fuck, I wasn't expecting that. I was, I was like, his contract must be coming up, he's leaving. And then he win it, and I was like, right, I kind of like it. I'm starting to go back into Dolph. And I was such a Dolph Mark back in about 2012, 2013. But, like, I don't want to say I don't care about my like that, but why the fuck is he in the date? Why is he in the <laughs> fucking main event? Why is Baron Corbin there as well? What the, what the fuck? What the fuck have they done to justify <laughs> getting in it? Like, come on, to fuck? How dare you? How dare you? The most over guy, potentially, arguably, in, on SmackDown, right? Rusev, and probably one of the most over guys in the company, top three or whatever, can't even get a fucking look in. And you're giving somebody like fucking Baron fucking Corbin, who, let's be honest, mate, you've got two good moves, and that is about it. Aye, he's, um I had, not high hopes, but he showed good instances of, like, promise. Funnily enough, it was with two small guys. It was Kalisto and Sin Cara. I actually quite enjoyed the programme he had with Sin Cara a couple of months ago. Um, with the small guys, but... Oh. What a shambles of a man he is. That's just fucking terrible. It really fucking is. But <laughs> You're angry. I don't, I don't know what I'm more pissed off about. The fact that somebody leaves the company and gets elevated or the fact that Baron fucking Corbin gets a title shot. I've not got any words. <laughs> it makes it makes no sense at all. But I will say, it, like, we were texting each other, and I was like, "The build up to the match makes no sense. I don't get it. I've got things to say about Dolph, and I've says it. But I say to you in the message, nobody does multi man, multi man, or women matches better than WWE. And for that reason alone, is why I'm looking forward to the match. I'll be like, right, well, they've got a history of putting on good matches like Fatal Four with Triple Threats, etc." it might turn out to be good. Because the, the handicap match at the Rumble was good. Mm-hmm. It was. It was better than it should Shitty, shitty finish, but it was good. Um, but aye, I just, I, I just can't, I just can't get my, my wrap my head around why Dolph Ziggler gets a title shot. Oh, and on top of that, he, he came back at the Rumble and then wasn't even at SmackDown the following week. It was just painful. It was absolutely painful. Him in the 
I get, right, that was a really good rumble. It was one of the best in years. But that was a stain. Look, I, I, and I don't know who says it. I said it at the time, right? And I got a feeling someone in our Facebook group said it as well. That if Dolph Ziggler, no matter what you think, right? If Dolph Ziggler comes in at 30, Dolph Ziggler has to win it. Uh-huh. Purely because of the guy's left and then you make such a big deal about his, his comeback because when it hit 30 and the horn went, his music didn't hit, it hit like the record scratching went off. And then his music came on, he's like, right, we're making a big, big deal about it. Just for him to get eliminated like two minutes later. And it's uh-huh. like, what the fuck? Like, if you want people to care about him, this isn't the way to do it. Maybe you just don't care. I don't know. Maybe. And I understand that people say, oh, who gives a fuck about Dolph to win it? But I'm talking about from a story point of view. If you bring them back to such like a, a big occasion and you're making a big deal about it, therefore you should have finished it by letting them win the Rumble. It's just, it's just, it's weird. It really, it just, and that's been Smackdown for a long time now. None of it seems to make sense at all. Nothing. The women, Nothing at all. The women's compet- competition is just a revolving door of shite at the moment as well. You get many different variations of the Ruby Riot guys, uh, sorry, Riot Squad versus the baby faces. It's just the same shit every week. Um, you know, you know, you know what, you know what they made a mistake. The women should have all been on one show, on one brand. They should have been all on one brand. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough of the women to have like top quality matches. Maybe there's enough women there's wrestlers. A, there's not enough good women yes, wrestlers. There's not enough quality because, characters. Like, because you think you've got. You've got the four horsewomen, you've got Natty, you've got Natalia, um, Alexa Bliss, there's six straight off the bat right there. Asuka makes seven, Ronda Rousey would be eight. What's this, what's this you're listing here? Just just women wrestlers, if you had them all on the one show, right. there's so many great matches and great foods that you can have. And, and for some of them, you wouldn't even care if there was a title involved or not because of how good the women the women are. And to me, they should have went to one. They should have been on one show. I still think. Start. I thought. I thought they were going to send the tag titles to one show and the women's to one show. But <laughs> the women have got to be on one show because, as like you say, it's just we're getting the same stuff over and over again. Just the same people wrestling one another, and it's just like <sighs> fucking. I've not saw Bailey, um, Becky Lynch. Like we've not saw that. If I said, I can't remember if I've said it on the podcast in the last couple of weeks, my want for, remember your Beast in the East? Mm-hmm. And they did a Madison Square Garden, so it, like a, a network televised house show. Mm-hmm. I think they should, instead of going all out and having a women's pay-per-view, test the waters first and see if a, sort of a women's only house show mm-hmm. gets enough traction. I think there's enough matches there. Um, see how it goes and if it does end up being its own show I think it could work there's going to be an uh, audience it could for work it. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't give them their own show oh, right. I, I definitely wouldn't do that I'd put them on either Raw or put them on Smackdown 
I not a chance would I give them our own show because that's another show now. See the problem. And that's is four. I wouldn't put anyone on SmackDown now. <laughs> mm. You just can't be trusted. But I'm not my my my, my saying that I wouldn't give them a show is not a knock on them. It's just that that's four, and you're already struggling to get people to watch all three, and now you're going to add another one into it. Mm-hmm. I would just get them onto the one brand and just. Oh, you could have so many good matches. So many good matches. It's never going to happen, though. Ask a Becky Lynch. Oh, that would be a, that would be a tasty one. That would be a suplex fest. Becky Lynch and uh, Sasha. Becky Lynch and Bailey. Have you have you seen the Becky Lynch Sasha match from? I can't remember the name of the takeover. Yeah, I mean I've saw pretty much all of them, but I mean just like I'm just saying like the main roster wise, if you've not saw this and it's like. Well, Becky and Sasha were fighting for about five weeks constantly for a while back, but they were all four-minute matches and stuff. Uh, a long time ago. But they had just... what was basically a submission match at a takeover, and it was... Mm-hmm. It, see, right, Sasha Banks and Bailey, uh the takeover, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Right, match of the year. I totally get that. Well on board, best women's match there's ever been. But my God, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks had a fucking... Barn burner of a basically mm. what was a submission match, but at the takeover before that, we can get that again. And that's and we're not going to get it unless obviously one will move when they do the 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 shake up again. But it's you're just thinking, you're looking, and you're if you're what any any wrestler, you're like, do I really want to go to SmackDown? Do they know what they're going to do with me? Um, it, like, it is just a barren wasteland. It's a barren Corbin wasteland. I get him to fuck. Fuck Baron Corbin. Fuck you, Corbin. Fuck Road Dog. Fuck, fuck <laughs> Corbin. Or as Rich says, fuck Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Rich. Yeah. yeah. It's just. Oh, it's a mess, man. Rod's not. Thousand miles better, but I still prefer the product in Raw. And and think back just like 12, 18 months ago, or whatever, just 12 months ago, or probably a little bit more than 12 months, but how much everyone was like, oh, Raw's terrible, and SmackDown was like week in, week out, you're like, this is just unbelievable viewing, this is what Raw should be doing, and, and how quickly they went downhill. Raw came into its own after WrestleMania last year and they've not really faltered since. And a big part of that was because of Braun and Roman. Aye. It was. Samoa Joe coming back at the Ah, I miss him too. Please come back, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe and Braun, I'd be be interested in that feud as well. Aye, that would be... I know they've had a couple of matches and interaction and stuff like that, but I mean... A full blown feud would be would be really really good. Aye, that would be a good horse match, I think. Mm. This has ended up ended up quite a depressing show. I, I, I wouldn't say depressed. I would just say it's just I'm just disappointed in just things that just don't seem to make sense. Yeah, SmackDown needs to fix its wrongs. It needs to right its wrongs immediately because. I don't watch a lot of... Sm- I'll watch a few of the matches every week, 
But it's getting to the point where like, I just don't care. Especially when you've got Baron Corbin in the main event scene. And that's worrying. And I think... I don't know if I said it last week or when I said it. I've definitely said it. You just want to hurry up and get past this next pay-per-view. Because at least we're going to get AJ versus Naka. And if, let's say, if they give them 25-30 minutes and they just put on an absolute spectacular match, I'll forget every little bit of shite that I've watched this match <laughs> for last year. <laughs> just disappointing. It really is. It's just mind-boggling. Imagine, stuff is happening. imagine Dolph Ziggler won the title. I would, I would, I would mark out so much, and I would, I would. At the same time, I will be pissing myself laughing, watching, and then explode with anger. But imagine he won it, and then on the next SmackDown, he turned up and said, <laughs> <laughs> "Fuck WWE," <laughs> and just dropped the title, and then left. Aye. So came came back a month later and was inducted to the Hall of Fame. Because <laughs> <laughs> where else can you go after that? Exactly. By the way, now I mentioned the Hall of Fame. Ryback said on his podcast, I don't know if you saw it, that he wouldn't be surprised if the WWE get in touch with him to induct him into the Hall of Fame next year. Jesus. Real words. Real talk. What's wrong with him? He's a fucking moron, so he is. <laughs> Oh, I realise that might not have the same meaning in America as it does over here. He's an idiot. Moron Just does an absolute idiot. Moron does mean that. It's the other word that we're not too comfortable saying. Oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah, we're not going to say that word. Not uh, a chance. But he's a, he is a buffoon of a man. In fact... He's an absolute idiot. He's not well. He is unwell. <laughs> <laughs> Get well soon, right back. <laughs> Our thoughts and prayers go out to... Ryan Reeves, even though that's not his legal name anymore. Like, and that's what, like, I know we're sort of now starting to talk about Ryback, but I, I liked him. See, at the start, I really liked him. They had to feed me more chance and stuff like that. I really did like him, but then, nah, mate, you're kind of shite. Like, but nah, you're terrible, can't be bothered. And then ever since he's been released, it's just like, what the fuck is this guy thinking? Like he needs to be checked out because he's he may may he may have some sort of medical condition. <laughs> do you do you know he actually had a good match once? I Did know, he? I know that sounds like the start of a joke, but um, he had a after he won the IC title match in the chamber, he had a one month feud with Bray Wyatt, and they had a really good match in their pay per view. Probably because of Bray. Probably. Oh, Bray Wyatt. There's another one that's not being used well. Jesus. I just, I, I, it was the other day I went on YouTube and I watched some of his promos when he first came up in some of his promos from NXT and it's like, my God. What's my that? God. Ah, oh, so many that have just been wasted. There's just, there's too many. There's too many people. That, that could, that could be, uh, a podcast we could do in the future. Wasted talent. Well, that podcast will be as long as Backlash pay-per-view coming up. That's true. It's 24 hours long. Do you remember at the start of the year I said I want to start being more positive with the podcasts? Have a positive outlook on the, the oh, shows? Nice. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. 
Fugrat. <laughs> and that's like, you try to be positive, but see when shit like Dolph Ziggler dropping a title and getting a title shot straight after it for a bigger title. And Baron Corbin, who's done absolutely fucking nothing in about six months, is all of a sudden in a title match as well. He lost his briefcase to Jinder. To Jinder Mahal. Jinder. That was a that was a long successful run, eh? Oh, God bless you, Jinder. We miss you. <sighs> terrible. It's just been fucking terrible the last twelve months. <laughs> Smackdown. Smackdown. The only good thing in Smackdown. Two good things. Three good things. Four, and five, Smackdown, six, right? seven. No, no, just three. The fact that we get to see AJ Styles, right? Mm-hmm. The Usos, who are fucking fantastic. And, of course, Rusev. When the New Day shouldn't go unmentioned because I've not been a fan of New mm. Day, but that sort of fighting... That feud, uh, that feud they had with the Usos was, uh, like, it was excellent. That fighting babyface gimmick that they had with the Usos... Mm-hmm. I really got on board with New Day then, especially when Xavier was wrestling, and uh, he was wrestling uh, more than Kofi you really, was. You really did enjoy him, but I will say this: give Biggie a title, a singles run. I don't know. I can't. Really? I can't see it. Like I, th- no. I know people say. I saw. He be I saw a long time. I, I, I'm not trying to blow him on Trump or anything, but see when he was with Dolph, it was like this guy's got a lot of real potential, and I, I would definitely give it to him. See? Definitely. I can get before, but we talked last week about gimmicks, like really sort of get like the way he dresses and coming down the ring with pancakes and cereal. <laughs> can you see that as a a world champ? I can because when they've got the tag titles, they do that stupid goofy stuff. But see, when it gets down to like the actual match and get serious, like they put on fucking great matches, and I think he's excellent on the mic, really good in the ring. Looks amazing. So, I, I I can get on board. I'm not even saying the, the, the WWE title. I'm just even saying maybe the US title. Well, I, I mean, don't, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I think Biggie's is excellent. I do. I love him. Um, and we've said, although at the time when watching him on the telly, you're thinking, oh, not another New Day skit. But when I went to see Raw when it was in Glasgow before last like 2016 Survivor Series... They did the Braveheart speech and they were over in that crowd. So I think it's more of a, a live crowd thing with a new day. They were really mm-hmm. entertaining, whereas in TV it comes across as same old thing every other week. And they've kind of went back to that a wee bit. But they're still, I'm still enjoying them. So I'm, it's not that I don't like Biggie, I just can't see his current um, tongue in cheek be a sort of main event guy. But as you say, a mid card title would be ideal for them, and it would be it would be comical if the freebird did, they did the freebird rule for the US title. So one week Biggie wins it, the next week Kofi defends it. I think they probably would because obviously they've done that with the tag titles. So Aye, that would be good. That would be interesting because you're going to get that, lots that, of different matchups with that. Exactly, that's it's a it's a nice wee twist to it as well. Mm-hmm. Have they done that before? What, a singles title? A free bird rule with a singles title. I'm not entirely sure. Um, do I think did Jericho and Owens? I don't think they done it. Well, Jericho and China did. Mm. 
Maybe that was the last time. Aye. It's something they should um, look at again. It's quite an interesting wee trope. That one. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. So we, um, before we get even more angry, will we finish with a quiz? Which yep. usually brings about anger in some of us anyway. Mm. Right. Okay, let's get some music on the go for you. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Right, so Ricky, you have a quiz for us this week. Yep. Um, so the quiz is called Who Eliminated Me? <laughs> so this is. Coming to um, a quiz show channel near you. Yeah. It's basically, I'm going to tell you a wrestler and a year and you need to tell me who eliminated him from the Royal Rumble oh my god man say that again okay. so I'm going to so I could name a wrestler say The Undertaker and I'll say the, who eliminated The Undertaker in the 2000 and what 17 Royal Rumble right okay right I get it that's good and the answer, the answer is obviously the big dong Indeed, B. <laughs> right, here we go. Who eliminated Roman Reigns in the 2017 Royal Rumble? 17? Oh, um Randy Orton? Correct. Thank you. Who eliminated... Dean Ambrose in the 2016 Royal Rumble The Game Correct <laughs> Who eliminated Seth Rollins in the 2014 Royal Rumble Oh god I know who eliminated Roman Reigns if you want to ask that question instead Nope who was Seth feuding with at that time? Was it one of the fucking New Age Outlaws? I guess. I'll, I'm going to say Brian James himself. Wrong. I thought I would be. It was Roman Reigns. He did it there as well. Do you not remember the? Uh, so my next question was going to be: Do you remember like the circumstances around the elimination? How what happened? I can't know. He eliminated him. He eliminated Seth and Dean at the same time. Fuck's sake, man! They've been doing it bit since uh, back then. I know. Well, to be honest, though, Seth's only been in two Royal Rumbles. See, January to April. That's a cursed time for Seth. He used up all his he used up all his karma when he won the title at Mania thirty one, mm. and since then it's been a mess. Because if you think about it, so in two thousand and fourteen he was in a Rumble, right? Yep. And then two thousand and fifteen, he was was that not that was a the um, phenomenal the, triple threat match. Amazing uh, the triple threat. Amazing. Um, two thousand sixteen, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. 2017 he was kept off the sh- remember he was 
not yeah. allowed. He was not in the rumble. And, and then he, he got injured came, the night before. Uh, the night no, after, think, sorry. No, it was the night after, and then he, um, he turned up at takeover. Takeover. And he got to WrestleMania by the skin of his teeth. Yep. Because if memory serves correct, he was also he had a sickness bug like days before mm-hmm. Mania. Shite time of year for that boy, and it's happening I again know. this year. Yeah. Oh, right, we were doing a quiz, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, how many questions asked you? Was that three? That was three, yep. Right, two. Next one. Who eliminated Daniel Bryan in the 2015 Royal Rumble? Mr. Bray Wyatt. Is that right? Yes. That is, that is right, uh-huh. That is Philadelphia. Fly, Eagles fly. Is that right? Indeed, indeed. Did I say it right? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Right. Who eliminated Kurt Angle in the 2005 Royal Rumble? No. Come on. (laughs) Come on. The greatest fucking match I've ever seen. Well, it's up there. I remember seeing this happen. Kurt Angle got eliminated by said this person... Kurt Angle went back into the ring and eliminated this person and was giving him an ankle lock on top of steel, like the ramp or steel chairs and I literally jumped out of my couch and shouted this is going to be a fucking Wrestlemania match I remember it so vividly you have no idea how pumped I was for this match but it was Shawn Michaels by the way yeah I was, I was asked that, correct I'm actually like gesturing wildly in my, <laughs> in my seat just now loved that moment loved it Okay. Now I'm not sure if this one's correct or not. I'm just going to bypass and I'll ask you at the end whether that is correct or not. I wasn't entirely sure. Right. Who eliminated Goldberg from the 2017 Royal Rumble? Uh, no, it was Undertaker, wasn't it? Correct. Correct. Okay. Let me see. Let me see. Right, here we go. Who eliminated Cesaro from the 2018 Royal Rumble? 18? Oh. Just this one now. Can you ask me what was the 2017 one instead? No, because that was... Jericho? Alpha. Alpha himself. Canadian Alpha (laughs) (laughs) sorry I just popped it myself there (laughs) Uh, Cesaro who was it it was somebody shite was it not pass not a a clue Seth Seth Uh, it wasn't someone shite then so in 2015 who eliminated Luke Harper Uh, Dolph Ziggler Bray Oh, was it? Right, I'm going to ask you this one because I'm not entirely sure if this is correct or not Right, okay In 2016 who eliminated Brock Lesnar? <clears throat> You'll need to give me a quarter of a point because I know it was one of the Wyatts 
Okay. It was probably Which a, one? Um, I'm going to say it was Bray and Eric that put him over at the same time. Right. It was Braun, Harper and Rubin. See, I thought Bray was involved in that as well, but just thinking back, I don't know if it was. I'm sure there was a kerfuffle with that, and it was probably every one of them had their hands on him at some point as he was getting mm, flung over. He basically launched them all out and then break him down. And then they all stood up and they all entered the ring. I can't remember if Bree was involved in it now. It was some of the Wyatt's anyway. Mm, right. In the 2015 Royal Rumble, who eliminated Rusev Day? Roman Reigns. Wrong. The answer is B. <sighs> That's how you need to answer him from now on. But he's not my B. Alright, okay. And here we go. Right, this would be one. In the 2015 Royal Rumble, who eliminated Dean Ambrose? Um, I've not got a Scooby Doo. Not a clue. Big Show and Corporate King. Oh, fuck, I did have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> right. And our final one. I'm struggling between the two. Which one do I want to ask you? Which one do I want to ask? Hmm. Okay. In the 2018 Royal Rumble, who eliminated Xavier Woods and Big E? Not necessarily at the same time. The modern day mediocrity. Jinder Mahal. Correct. Well done. Thank Not you. Not one wrong. I know, that was still a good quiz though. I enjoyed that. Mm. Um, I'll let the listeners know that I actually forgot to do a quiz altogether, so Ricky saved <laughs> the day. Like I said to him during the day, I'll do a quiz. I'll do it, no problem. Half past nine rolls around. Shit, forgot all about it. Um, I will endeavour to make sure there is a quiz next week. Endeavour and make sure is kind of the same thing. I'll make sure that I've got one next week and I'll maybe do Elimination Chamber based. Why not? Why not? So, just to, some that's us wrapping up the show. Just a few plugs before we go, though. Shout out to... Carl, Rance and Caleb from the SMC Wrestling Podcast uh, shout out to Rich and James on One Nation Radio and One Nation Live the, the sort of video show that they do on the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group which uh, is excellent uh, it's good stuff, um, it's been getting more, there's just constant interaction, it's an, an enjoyable wee home there and it's as far as I'm aware it's actually it's fourth birthday coming up soon mm-hmm. so Premature happy birthday to one and all. <laughs> uh, and a shout out to Jeremy and Josh on Keeping It Strong Style. Just listen to that episode there. Jeremy dropped a column recently for anyone that's interested in sort of fantasy booking and stuff like that. He's been doing a fantasy WWE G1 Climax. So they've taken the New Japan format and turned it into the WWE world. I thoroughly enjoyed that read. He puts a lot of detail into the, even just matches. P- 
people kicking out of certain moves and people carrying injuries from previous matches and stuff like that. Well worth a read. You can read that on the Social Suplex page. Their latest podcast had Rich on it, didn't it? Yep. I've yet to listen to it. I need to listen to it over the weekend, I think. Um, Rich also dropped a column sharing his excitement with Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is the latest person from the sort of Western Hemisphere who's jumped on the NJPW bandwagon. He'll be fighting Justin Thunder Liger at the American show. That'll be good as well. So he, he was quite... That's another good column. I also dropped a column about the resurrection of 205 Live. So that was three columns in the space of three or four days. Lots of content at socialsuplex.com, which, by the way, sorry, I'm in plug mode now. There is an option on the website to subscribe. So if you subscribe, you get all the columns, um, news, the shoot, and also any NXT reviews and stuff like that as well. As well as the podcasts, you get them emailed straight to your email inbox. So that's a nice wee service for you. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. 6.25 stars on all the apps that you use. I think that's me. I've not missed anyone this time, have I? Nope. Excellent. Have you got anything you want to say? Uh, Shout out to John Ross and Barry. Hopefully we'll get them back on soon. And obviously just a shout out to everyone else on Social Suplex as well. Yep. Uh, and that is about it. I will definitely be listening to Keep It Strong Style um, maybe tomorrow, definitely at some point over the weekend. Um, I think SMC are probably going to be dropping a podcast hopefully soon as well. I enjoyed their last one. I do enjoy their but, chats, I must say. I, I do. And I think, for me, I think the most thing, the best thing I like about all the podcasts is that no one tr- tries to sound too smart and no one tries to overcomplicate things because we're always in that Facebook Messenger group together and every single one of them, like their knowledge of wrestling is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I know, it is. It, is it actually really fucking... fucking is. It's like, it's unbelievable. And not, nobody on any of the podcasts tried to sound, we don't try to sound smart, we don't try to have that sort of attitude that we sort of know more than you. It just sounds like it's similar to me and you, just two few guys, pals, sitting down just having a chat and just... So I, I like that. Um, Aye. So shout out to everyone. You know, they've each got their different style as well. I don't know what our style is. Um, uh, I don't think anyone knows what our style is apart from people of Scottish listeners, because clearly our American friends don't have a clue what we're saying. No, I think they're getting used to it. If they, they just, I mean, they just, I don't know. Was it? I don't know who it was. Was it? It was either Caleb or was it Jeremy that said that we listened to? Is it like one and a half speed? Ah, it was Rich that listens at one and a half speed. <laughs> That must, I, just, I don't know how he can do it God bless you friend I don't. Oh definitely because as, as I've said before our accents are bad enough and you've, you've sped it up and I don't know how you have a, how you understand what we're saying I can't even listen to us at one and a half speed uh, no, Neither can I and the thing is like I've said it before our accents are stronger and the way we speak to each other on the podcast is not how we speak to each other like in quote unquote real life Uh huh they wouldn't be able to understand anything that we would say to each other. No. But, so that is our style. Um, Scottish style. <laughs> Keeping it Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to the Okai Podcast Network. The so- Keeping it Scottish style. Um, but you've got the One Nation Radio guys. They've got some rapid, quick-fire opinions um, that are just fired off 
rapid style, really good, quick knowledge. Well spoken guys as well. You've got SMC Wrestling Podcast who just sort of take their time and really dissect certain topics. And uh, Jeremy and Josh are just a ridiculous knowledge, like encyclopedia of knowledge for New Japan. And they're really passionate about the show as well. Josh is a big New Japan mark and he comes across as so passionate. So shout out to all of you guys. We've just basically put ourselves over for the last five minutes there. (laughs) That's us then, eh? Speak to you all next week. Yep, take care, guys. Tune in next week for Keeping It Scottish Style. (laughs) 